Welcome back to Podcast 42 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us the Osbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Osbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetRivers.com for a 100% sign-up bonus up to 250 bucks. Please visit BetRivers and use the promo code ODDS22. Terms, conditions, and locations apply if you'd like to help us out with our cost sponsor the website and podcasts we'd love to help you out please visit the icebreakers.com click shop and become a member pick any of our winning handicappers to get their premium plays and packages before the line moves you can also support us on patreon.com and if nothing else please visit the icebreakers.com and become a free picks newsletter subscriber my friends if you are listening to this show let it be known that i actually recorded it a week earlier i actually recorded this episode before Podcast 42, because I am currently on vacation right now at a lake house in Wisconsin that we've had in our family for years up in northern Wisconsin. So wanted to not leave you guys hanging and talk a little bit about some college football on this show. We're going to do a Big Ten preview for you all that I worked hard on over the past week. So you can kind of get an idea where these teams sit coming into the 2022 college football season. Before we get into that, I want to give a big shout out to Brad Powers, who we had on a few weeks back. He has been just on fire calling out books with some very bad numbers. The win has some just terrible future bets out there. And he just called out MGM for having the third string quarterback for Colorado at a hundred to one to win the Heisman. I mean, that is absolute highway robbery. So uh, they're just taking advantage of people that don't know better at this point, throwing out a hundred to one, like it actually means something. The true odds of Colorado's quarterback winning the Heisman third string quarterback is probably more like 100,000 to one, okay? Bet $1, you win 100,000. Even the first string quarterback of Colorado should be much greater than 1,000 to one, being that team is projected to be pretty terrible for the 2022 college football season. So huge shout out to Brad for doing that. I want to start doing that more often as well. It's like selling ice cream for 50 bucks a cone while the same shop down the road sells it for five bucks a cone with the very same ice cream. That's exactly what these books are doing. And it's complete and other garbage that they're peddling out there. Please do not fall for it. If you like betting futures, some of the better books out there, Bet Rivers, Obviously, a sponsor to us. DraftKings has been pretty good. Um, as far as the offshores, none of them have been actually good since five times, to be honest with you. Maybe you'll find a good one once in a while on Bet Online or My Bookie. But the future bets have been absolutely terrible lately with some of these books. And I wanted to make sure you guys knew that and to shop all future bets around uh, before you even make it 
a consideration in taking one. The Circa in Las Vegas has been fantastic for future bets. I, I'm actually okay with them. And I had some luck with uh, William Hill lately. They've been terrible in the past, but William Hill has been a little bit better as of late. So make sure you guys shop around. And you know, when selecting a book, you guys should see what they have on future prices because this this weekly spread prices on NFL and college football is all going to be pretty close to the same throughout the uh, betting landscape, right? But the future bets are still completely different, and maybe the next book you choose should be the one with the best futures out there. So wanted to just uh, throw that out there, give a big shout-out to Brad for uh, calling them out. I'm going to do a better job myself on calling out some of these terrible lines that some of these books throw out at us. Come on, don't bullshit me. All right, so let's get into a little Big Ten preview for the college football 2022 season here. And by no surprise, if you're a fan of this show and if you listen to this show, you know that I have Ohio State, the number one team in the Big Ten. And I'm just going to start out with the top to the bottom here. Not only do I have Ohio State, the number one team, in the Big Ten. I actually have them the number one team in all of football being above Alabama by a a hair, right? Just by a tiny bit. I have Ohio State better than Alabama because I've already done some of my power ratings and it goes by no surprise, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and believe it or not, Michigan. So, Two Big Ten teams in the top four is what I have so far for my top four. But this is a Big Ten show, so I'm going to start out right away with Ohio State. So last year, my power rating on Ohio State was 25.5 points better than the average team. Their defense, if you remember, was really gave them problems last year. But I think this year they might have fixed it because they hired Jim Knowles. Now, Jim Knowles is from Oklahoma State. He was the defensive coordinator there. He held teams like West Virginia, at West Virginia, to three points. TCU to 17 points. Texas Tech to zero. Baylor, they did win against Baylor the first game, held them to 14 points. Now, when they lost in the Big 12 championship, that wasn't his fault. Held Baylor to 21 points. Held Oklahoma to 33 points. And the bowl game versus Notre Dame, lots of people opted out, and they still won that game, held Notre Dame to 35 points. I mean, it was a fantastic move by Ohio State because that's what they needed. But I also think there's going to be some attitude coming in for Ohio State. A Ryan Day team like that is not going to take it lightly that their defense was one of the laughing stocks of the nation last year. And I really believe that they are going to step it up here on defense. Their recruits have always been five stars. Now let's take a look at this. Their receiving core is the best in football with Jackson Smith and the Jigba there and Marvin Harrison Jr. They also have a great tight end coming in and Cade Stover, right, coming back for the season. They have Julian Fleming, a junior wide receiver, slot guy. Caleb Brown is a great freshman they're bringing in. I mean, they're stacked. They also bring back Trayvon Henderson on uh, running back. C.J. Stroud, the quarterback, Heisman favorite. 
The only thing they worry about is their defense. They're 11 and 2 last year. Remember that Rose Bowl game they played against Utah? Utah actually played extremely well against them and was able to put up 45 points, but they just could not stop Ohio State. And Utah had a fantastic defense last year. I mean, their yards per play, 2.63 net yards per play. It's pretty huge. The recruiting averages 7th. 14th in 2019, 5th in 2020, 2nd in 2021. Now, you know I don't do 2022 recruiting because the kids are pretty small and it's rare where you see a true freshman starter. But you might actually see some with teams like Ohio State and Alabama, being that many of them are five stars. But when I look at the future of teams, I usually take the three years before the current year and average those together. Ohio State ranks average seventh on recruiting. They're 11-2 and two last year, 6-6-1 six, six against the spread. So if you bet Ohio State every game, you probably lost money due to the juice. 2021 strength of schedule, 19th is where they ranked. Their schedule this year, I said medium. The fact that it's medium is because they're only hard non-conference game, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going through a massive transition that uh, this year. It's the first game against Ohio State. Very tough for Notre Dame. It's in the uh, the shoe, obviously, in Columbus. Not not easy. Their season win total is 11. My number is 11.5. Maybe they get a hiccup somewhere. Maybe it's at Penn State. They're going to be favored in all 12 of their games. There is absolutely no value in them bidding them well, let me take that back. There might be some value betting them to win the Big Ten. But you got to lay minus 210 to do it. I mean, the next team up is Michigan at plus 600. Wisconsin plus 1,100. Penn State plus 1,600. Iowa plus 2,000. Just looking at Bet Rivers right now. So, Ohio State, tons of special players there. I guess their biggest losses from 2021 is Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, the two receivers there. Nicholas Petit Freire at the tackle position. They didn't lose a ton of defense. Their defense wasn't great last year. So my take on Ohio State is they're probably the best bet to win the national championship, and here's why. They're afforded a hiccup throughout the regular season, right? They could drop a game to Michigan and possibly play for the Big Ten Championship. And even if they don't, let's just say Michigan runs the table, Ohio State still could make the playoff. They could also lose to Penn State. They could have two losses as long as Alabama and Georgia and maybe maybe Utah or somebody else has a bad loss. They might be selected over them if they win the Big Ten Championship. Playing in the Big Ten Championship should be easy enough for them, being that the Big Ten East is that much worse than the Big Ten West. Looking at Alabama and Georgia's odds, when I took Ohio State at plus 600 to win the national championship, if you remember, I tweeted that out back in probably March or April. I think it was April. I noticed that Ohio State has the easiest road to get there because of that. They do not usually 
want to take two teams from the same conference unless they have to, which they have been doing in the SEC, and Alabama and Georgia has been the best teams. But if there's a two-loss team, they might not do that. If you remember, when Alabama was playing Georgia for the SEC championship, Alabama had to win that game, right? And they did. And then Georgia beat them in the playoffs, in the national championship game, actually, right? So that situation can happen to the SEC again. You know, what if Alabama drops a game and they lose in the national championship? Same thing with Georgia. Now, it's unlikely, but it's a lot more unlikely that Ohio State doesn't win the Big Ten championship even dropping a game. Ohio State can also run the table, too, and be the overall number one seed. So Ohio State's odds were the best. Now, that dropped. That dropped since, and I personally wouldn't take worse than plus 500 to win the national championship. Ohio State is only plus 320 now on DraftKings. People are wising up now. Georgia's third on DraftKings at plus 380. I think I still think I would take Ohio State way before Bama at plus 180. But to each his own, if you can find Ohio State somewhere in a book that's plus 450, plus 500 or better, I still think that that could be a good bet for them to win the national championship. Number two is Michigan, which you already knew that because I already told you that Michigan is the fourth best team in the nation behind Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. Now, Michigan, some concerns, obviously. They lost a few key players like Hassan Haskins. They lost Andrew Stuber, tackle. They lost defensive end Aiden Hutchinson. That was projected to be the number one or two guy in the draft. And another defensive end pass rusher, David Ojabo, and a few other guys. They only return 43% of their production on defense when Ohio State returns 82%, right? Now, they return Cade McNamara at quarterback, which is great. Ronnie Bell at wide receiver, Cornelius Johnson, running back Blake Corum, at least. Running back Donovan Edwards is going to be stepping up in tight end. Luke Schoonmaker, they're 12-2 and two against the uh, for the record last year, only because they lost in the playoffs. They're... 12 and 1 going into it. They won the Big Ten Championship easily against Iowa. Iowa was, was just pathetic that game. And uh, against the spread, 11 and 3. Michigan was the best betting team in all of college football last year. You bet on Michigan every game, you cashed big time. 11 and 3 against the spread. Their strength schedule was still tough, 15th. Had to play Ohio State, beat them to get in the Big Ten Championship game, right? Your schedule this year, not bad. Medium is what I put. Um, their season win totals, 9.5. My number, I also have 9.5. Um, I have 9.5 because there's some trickiness to a couple games here. At Ohio State's a loss. I can only give them a half win for Michigan State game, which they lost to Michigan State last year. That was their only loss. 
and I give them a half win against Penn State. They should be able to handle Nebraska, so actually my number is 10. I I wrote that wrong. They should get 10 wins this year. They're going to be favored in 11 games. Now, their special players, Ronnie Bell, Cade McNamara, uh, Mike Morris, Taylor Upshaw there on defense. I think that they're going to have a fantastic year again. The thing about Michigan that would have worried me more is them losing their offense. They were able to put some points up. And yes, their defense was a big part of it last year. Their net yards per play was 1.56. Not as high as Ohio State's at 2.63. But it was 1.56. Turnover margin plus 0.1 per game. But I just hate it when a team has to replace their offense more this year when you have a good defensive coach like Jim Harbaugh. I think that it's more plug-and-play with him on defense, and they're still going to be able to put those points up where they scored Madison, like 30-some points against Wisconsin, which was supposed to be a great defense. They scored 38 points. A lot of that was Graham Mertz screwing up, but still they they got it done. So I think they have pretty good returning production, and this team could pick up where they left off last year. So I have them the fourth-best team. Um my power rating is 20 points better than the average team. I am at 23.5 last year, so I do think they lost some, but there's such a big discrepancy in the Big Ten between Ohio State to Michigan then to the rest. All right, it's 28 points for Ohio State, 20 for Michigan. The next team I have is Penn State in the Big Ten, and the next five teams are really pretty bunched together. Okay? Five or six teams, actually. <laughs> I think they're all within five power-rated points. Penn State, last year power rating, 12.5 points better than the average team. That's a big difference between Michigan and Penn State. About an 11-point difference from last year. But I think they get a little bit better this year. They're returning 71% of their offense, 57% of their defense. The recruiting's been great. 12th and 19, 15th in 2020, and 21st in 2021. The yards per play was 5.3 on offense, 4.76 on defense. So the 0.54 net yards per play, positive 0.5 turnover margin. They return their coach, James Franklin. Quarterback Sean Clifford is still there. Wide receiver Parker Washington, Keandre Labbert-Smith. So they return a lot of guys, as you can see. Um, Running back is going to be Kayvon Lee, it looks like. They also have Christian... Valu, I believe that's how you say his name. Could be wrong. Valu. Uh, tight end they return is Brenton Strange. 2021 record, 7-6. and six. Against the spread, they were 7-6. and six. That nasty Iowa game where Clifford got hurt. A lot of people thought they should have won that game. Their strength schedule was hard last year at 17th in the nation. Their schedule this year, I actually put it medium. Um. Their season win total is eight. My early number is nine. They're going to be favored in about 10 games. I'm a lean over 8.5 here. I mean, the good thing about them is they avoid Wisconsin from the Big Ten West. They're at Auburn this year, but Auburn's been in turmoil, right? They beat Auburn at home, you remember, last game. Then they got Ohio and Central Michigan as other at-large non-conference games, right? 
so that works out well for them. They also avoid Iowa. They avoid Wisconsin and Iowa. They avoid Nebraska. Their first game is at Purdue. So it's set up pretty well for them. That's why I put medium. Special players are Sean Clifford, Parker Washington. Big losses, Rasheed Walker in offensive line. Arnold Ebikite on defense. Jaquan Brisker, safety. Bears took him. So, I mean, this team didn't lose a ton either. I'm just not a big Clifford guy. But if he could make a step forward, then Penn State would be very dangerous. So we'll see if Clifford does. But I have them 14 points better than the average team. I actually upgraded a little bit from where they finished last year because the recruiting's good. But still the third best in the Big Ten. Still a decent six-point gap behind Michigan. 28 for Ohio State points better than the average team 20 for michigan 14 for penn state and my fourth best team here going against my better judgment this team i just talked a bunch of smack about <laughs> and that's iowa i wanted to put iowa lower but it's just they have too much going for them they return 84 percent production on offense 67 percent on defense last year's power ring was 10 points better than the average team the recruiting, yeah, you know, 41st in 2019, 35th and 20, 24th in 2021. They're actually negative 0.05 net yards per play. Had a wonderful turnover margin of 0.9, one of the best in football. So that's a regression point if you're doing that well. They returned Spencer Petrus at quarterback, Kirk Ferentz at uh, coach, right? Ferentz still there. Uh, wide receiver Nico Reggiani is still there. Gavin Williams is going to be a running back, and LaShawn Williams, the Williams, uh, I don't think they're brothers, but <laughs> two Williams is right there. Uh, tight end is coming back, and Sam Laporta, I believe. Yeah, Sam Laporta. They were 10 and 4 last year, and that's why they played in the Big Ten championship game, but I actually had them lower power rated than Wisconsin, um, about the same as Minnesota. It's just that. This they were seven six and one against the spread. Their schedule last year twenty fourth, so pretty hard. Their schedule this year coming into this very hard. <laughs> Season total seven point eight. My number is eight. They're going to be favored in about eight games. They get Iowa or Ohio State and Michigan, and that big non conference game against Iowa State. The good thing for them is Iowa State's going through a lot of changes. But Matt Campbell's still their coach right there. Iowa, just a super hard schedule. Their special players, I, I guess Spencer Petras, a lot of people are down on him. I'm hoping he takes a step forward. He's a big guy. You can see over the line, Keegan Johnson. Jack Campbell's a special guy right there. Linebacker. And John Wagner. Big losses is Tyler Goodson, running back, and Dane Belton. Just a brutal schedule here, but I have them 13 points better than the average team because they returned a ton. If you remember, Iowa started really well and then kind of burned out later. They beat Indiana, which we thought was good, 34-6. They beat Iowa State 27-17. Thank goodness to their defense and Iowa State screw-ups. Beat Kent State by 23. Colorado State was an ugly one. But, you know, about the Colorado State game, you start noticing they're not really outgaining their opponents that well. 
Maryland was an all-defensive game, 51-14. to 14. Everyone faded them at Maryland and got their ass kicked. But people pay, faded them the next week against Penn State, and then they ended up covering that one too. You know, it was, and that was the one Sean Clifford got hurt. And that's when the strong survived and kept fading them. And then they lost to Purdue <laughs> seven to 24 the week after. So, I mean, I, I think that I was got a lot going for them because they just returned so many players, but what are they going to be this year? I don't know. You know, I would love to make, an argument that it's going to be Wisconsin at this position, but Wisconsin's, I have them a little bit lower than Iowa at 12 points better than the average team about a point less. And this is why, and I'm going to explain to you why they're 12.5 last year. They returned 50, 63% of their production on offense, 59% on defense. They're recruiting pretty good. 29th and 19, 26th in 2020, and 16th in 2021. They're a massive 1.46 net yards per play, positive turnover margin at 0.1. Paul Christ returns. Graham Mertz. I have no idea what to think about this quarterback anymore. I was so excited two, three years ago when he looked so good that first year. But he got the yips. And not only did he have the yips, he was only 10 for 11, 10 for 11, 10 touchdowns, 11 turnovers, 11 interceptions last year. He also fumbled the ball a few times. And he was part of the reason the Badgers lost a lot of games. Not to mention that, Mertz loses his top three pass catchers. Now, Chamir DK is coming in, which is good. Skyler Bell. Is also pretty good. They have a UCLA transfer I have no idea about in Keontes Lewis. But does it does that mean Mertz is gonna be like the first year Mertz? Braylon Allen's gonna be the running back, which was a beast last year. Doak Walker candidate. He kind of converted from wide receiver to running back. If you remember Jalen Berger left. Ches Malusi is their other running back. who was the Clemson transfer that got hurt last year. And then they lost Ferguson, their best pass catcher. That was Pryor, Davis, and Ferguson. They were 9-4 and four last year, 6-7 for seven against the spread, so he lost if you bet on them a lot. Their schedule is 18th, so it's pretty hard. Their schedule this year is medium hard, for sure. Season win totals is 8.5. My number, just like Iowa, is 8. They're going to be favored in probably 8 games. The problem is Wisconsin has to play at Ohio State. They have to play at Michigan State. I'm not sure if they're going to be favored those two games. Well, definitely not against Ohio State. Probably not against Michigan State. And then they have at Nebraska later, which I'm kind of lukewarm on them this year. Then they have Minnesota at home at Iowa. So I can only for sure say eight games. Maybe it's going to be nine. But they're only going to be favored in eight games. Graham Mertz needs a massive step up. They always have a good offensive line. Always a little overrated, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, he needs a step up. And their defense I really worry about because they lost Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn, their two best linebackers. Hell, they lost a ton of people last year. I think they replaced their whole secondary. 
They only returned three key starters, Isaiah Mullins, Keanu Becton, which is really good nose tackle, and Nick Herbig. Now, they have some guys that played last year. That's why their returning production shows at 59% on defense. Jordan Turner, C.J. Goetz. Um, but just a lot of missing guys. So how am I supposed to be super high on them, you know, coming into this year? The Badgers have one good thing going for them after all the bad news I said, and that is that Bobby Ingram's coming in to be their offensive coordinator. Their offensive coordinator, Joel Rudolph, was horrible, and it was just a stupid lunkhead move by Paul Chris promoting him, you know? Jim Leonard somehow is still there at defensive coordinator. I have no idea how he should be head coaching a top program right now with how good he's been over the past four years. But, and that's very fortunate for them to retain him. Maybe he's the piece that puts the next defense together. But Bobby Ingram is going to need to get with Mertz and change this whole thing around. If you remember, Wisconsin could not complete a pass last year. They're just absolutely horrible. The passing game looked just lethargic especially when they play tougher teams like Notre Dame they're in that Notre Dame game probably outgained them but through picks and allowed a special teams touchdown pick six special teams touchdown Mertz blew that game himself I'm a Graham Mertz fan I want him to do good I'm really hoping that Bobby Ingram and him can get together and fix this offense I still would love to see a great running game but that's not going to win national championships the Badgers have lived off of defenses that can't stop the run to be a really good team, but never a great team. So we'll see what happens here. I'm hoping Bobby Ingram saves them. 12 points above the average team is where I have them ranked. Now, if you haven't noticed, my numbers are very close to what the season win totals are for uh, Las in Las Vegas. Very, very close to what it is. So I haven't made really many season win totals. Actually, haven't made any in the Big Ten. But I do have a couple ideas of some bets that I may be making here going forward. The next team I have is the Michigan State Spartans. They are 12.5 points, just like Wisconsin last year. Power rated better than the average team. 65% returning on offense, 79% on defense. They rank 33rd in 2019 in recruiting, 44th in 2020, 46th in 2021. Beautiful net yards per play, 0.75. Well, pretty good anyway. Nice positive turnover margin at 0.3. Mel Tucker is back getting paid much more money. They wanted to keep him around a little while, apparently. Did a fantastic job for them, to my chagrin, being a Bears fan, seeing how poor he was in the NFL. But he motivated this team, and he attacked the transfer portal, which was huge. And Peyton Thorne was a very capable quarterback last year under the leadership of Mel Tucker and offense coordinator Jay Johnson. So that's great. They returned him. They returned some receivers. Trey Mosley is back. Jaden Reed is back. I don't like that they only returned three or sorry, two offensive linemen. They lose three of them. But they also attack the transfer portal very well. They got Jalen Berger, remember the ex-Badger Jalen Berger, on the Spar- on Sparty now, and Jarek Broussard. 
Now, I don't think Jalen Berger is all that great. Maybe he takes a big step forward because he was young when he left Wisconsin, but he wasn't that good of a locker room guy back then. I have to question what's going to happen with that. They have a new tight end as well in Daniel Barker. They were 11-2 last year. They beat Pittsburgh. Well, a pit without Kenny Pickett last year, but they still did well in their bowl game. And just had a great year last year. They beat Michigan, if you remember. That was at Michigan in the big house. Beat them 37-33. to No, sorry, that was at home. But still, they played Michigan very well. They go to Michigan this year. And that's why their schedule is actually uh, harder this year. I think that Michigan State has a season win total of 7.5, which kind of tells you that the market is keen onto them. My number 7.5 as well. I think they're going to be favored in up to eight games. But they have to play at Wisconsin, at Penn State, at Michigan. They get Ohio State at home, which is probably worse because they're losing that game. And at Maryland can be tricky. Their non-conference is Western Michigan, Akron, but at Washington could be a little tricky. So they have it tougher this year. Their key losses was definitely... Doke Walker winner, Kenneth Walker the third running back. Jalen Naylor, they lost at wide receiver. Three offensive linemen, uh, offensive linemen like I said before. But I'm going to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I like how Tucker attacked the transfer portal. Mel Tucker is a defensive guy, so I expect their defense to be better. They allowed 5.3 net yards per play on defense. That could get a little bit better. Yeah, I have them right about where Wisconsin is. I have no problem with that. The problem is their schedule is very hard. That's why they're a season win under Wisconsin's 8.5. They're at 7.5, and I have to agree with it. I feel like this team was a little bit smoke and mirrors um, just because they had a pretty favorable schedule last year. But then again, they really exceeded expectations and turned the school around. Next, I have Nebraska. Last year, they're 8.5 points better than the average team, yet they're only 3-9 and nine for wins. 57% returning production on offense, 57% on defense. The recruiting was actually better than most, actually better than all Big Ten teams in the West. 2019-17th, 2020-20th, 2021-20th, 6.44 Net yards per play on offense, 5.3. They had a massive 1.14 net yards per play and still could only win three games. Part of the reason was negative 0.5 in the turnover margin. Negative 0.5 turnover margin per game. So they're always playing from behind on there. Scott Frost is back. They get a nice transfer from Texas. Casey Thompson from Texas to Nebraska. for quarterback he's experienced their wide receivers will be omar manning again and isaiah garcia castaneda uh running back will be raheem johnson again and anthony grant joins travis vocalek will be their tight end they were actually seven and five against the spread even though they were three and nine they had the second hardest schedule in football in all of college football last year that's why they covered spreads, were very close to winning games. They should have probably beat Oklahoma. You know, could have beat Wisconsin. 
could be a lot of teams that they lost to. Their schedule this year, medium hard again. Their Vegas win total is 7.5. I have eight wins. I have them eight wins, just like Wisconsin, just like Iowa. They're only probably going to be favored in seven games. But I'm I'm optimistic about this team. Now, their schedule lightened up a little bit, being that they miss out on Ohio State finally. But they're still at Michigan, at Iowa. They got Minnesota and Wisconsin as usual. They're at Purdue. They have Oklahoma again. It's still a little tricky, right? Their special players are Casey Thompson and Omar Manning. On defense, Garrett Nelson, safety Miles Farmer. Big losses were quarterback Adrian Martinez, but he was part of the reason they couldn't get it done. Dude had a ton of talent, great legs, but would screw up too much. And uh, Samari Torrey, Cam Taylor-Britt, they lost on defense. But there's one key thing that nobody's really mentioning that I want to mention is them getting Mark Whipple from Pitt. I think that's fantastic. Mark Whipple was part of the reason that they were so good at Pitt last year with Kenny Pickett and this their whole overall scheme. I think this is per- perfect for him to integrate that into Scott Frost's offense. They have a capable quarterback now. And they also rank very high in recruiting, like I said before. This could be an absolute change this year. Finally, there's buy signs on them. The 1.14 net yards per play. Now, am I rushing to take the season win total when I have eight wins that I can be confident in? No. But you're going to get a good price on Nebraska to win the Big Ten West. I'm not going to bet any team but Ohio State, which I haven't bet at minus 210 yet, to win the Big Ten. But I will bet someone to win the division. And I think Nebraska is primed for that. They're going to have a good number to do it. Is my point. Next team is Minnesota. Their power rating last year was 10 points better than the average team. Their returning production on offense is 80%, 59% on defense. They're recruiting 45th and 19, 38th and 20, 38th and 21. Net yards per play, 0.59, positive 0.2 in their turnover ratio. P.J. Fleck is back at coach. Tanner Morgan back at quarterback. Chris Ottman-Bell back at wide receiver. Daniel Jackson back at wide receiver. Muhammad Ibrahim back at running back, who was injured last year. And Trayson Potts back at running back. Okay. So they have a new tight end in Brevin Spanford. Supposed to be pretty good. This team was 9-4 and four last year. You remember they beat Wisconsin pretty bad that last game of the season, 23-13. to 13. Win their bowl game 18 to 6 against West Virginia. You know, only lost at Iowa 22 to 27. And if you remember, they blew it in the red zone there. They should have won that game. Two terrible losses against Illinois at home and at, no, sorry, against Bowling Green. They lost to Bowling Green. Unreal. Sorry, Gopher fans. I have to keep saying that. 
I mean, that was absolutely unexcusable. At least it got them going, and they won at Purdue against Nebraska, against Maryland, at Northwestern after that. But those two stinky losses just did not belong. When they played Ohio State that first game of the season last year, they looked pretty good. Okay? So my whole thing with them, their season win total is 7.5. They're going to have a medium-hard schedule themselves because they have to go to at Nebraska, at Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin is getting their revenge and all that for the Axe. They have to go at Penn State and at Michigan State. Right? So at least they avoid Ohio State and Michigan. But it's still pretty hard being at Penn State and at Michigan State. Too bad one of them wasn't at home. So the way I look at uh, Minnesota is upside too. My number is eight wins. They're going to be favored in seven games for sure. Tanner Morgan, Mohamed Ibram are special players on defense. Braylon Oliver. Tyler Newbin. The biggest problem with this team is they lose four out of five starters on their offensive line and three of four starters on their defensive line. That's brutal. They lost Boye Mafe, Daniel Folelli. I think I said that wrong, but still great system here, though. I have them at 10.25 points better than the average team. Little hair under Nebraska. Nebraska 10.5, Minnesota 10.25. So, to be honest with you, I'm looking at maybe making a bet on Minnesota to win the division. You know, if you can get plus four or 500 better on Nebraska and Minnesota, it might be worth taking that shot. Now, these numbers are, in general, not out yet in most books. But these two are definitely worth a look. And the third team that's worth a look is my next team, and that's Purdue. Last year's power rating was 9. 68% they returned on offense, 72% on defense, recruiting 25th and 19, 32nd and 20, 75th and 21. That was horrible. 0.36 net yards per play. A little bit under in the turnover margin, minus 0.2. Jeff Brom is back. Aiden O'Connell is back at quarterback. He looked fantastic last year. They have a nice transfer at wide receiver in Tyrone Tracy. I believe they got him from... Alabama, was it? No, Iowa. Iowa transferred Tyrone Tracy. Milton Wright at wide receiver. They have Samson James at running back, and they also have King Dooru back. And I don't know how he's still back. I guess, I think he was injured last year. King Dooru. And Peyton Durham on tight end is back. So they return a ton of offense, really. Their defense... Had a very big loss, but still returns a decent amount of production. They were 9-4 last year, 8-5 and five against the spread. So you made money on Purdue if you bet them. They were 12th in schedule last year, hard schedule. Their schedule this year, medium easy. Awesome schedule. They get Penn State week one. Anything can happen week one, as you know. And they miss Ohio State. They miss Michigan State, and they miss Michigan this year. Fantastic schedule. Their number is 7.5 wins. I have eight. A little bit of lean to the over there. They're going to be favored in at least six games. The problem is they're probably not going to be favored 
even at home against Nebraska, unless something happens, not at Wisconsin, probably not at home against Iowa, not at Minnesota, and not against Penn State at home. So there's not going to be favored a lot, but this could be a very sneaky team. As you remember, Aiden O'Connell was fantastic last year. David Bell was a big loss for them. And it's too bad that they lost him. He was a massive part of that offense. But if you remember, they didn't play in the bowl game, him or George Karolaftis, right? So they lost those contributors. But how about the way they finished the season last year? They won at Illinois. Or sorry, they won at Northwestern 32-14. to They beat Indiana 44-7. to And they beat Tennessee in their bowl game. What an amazing bowl game that was. 48 to 45. Maybe the like next to the Rose Bowl or under the Rose Bowl, the next most exciting offensive bowl game last year was the Music City Bowl, Purdue versus Tennessee. We were at like one of the very few people on Purdue, if you remember, and we cashed that ticket. Now, that's just coming into next year's momentum. They beat Penn State. They're going over. What's their number going to be on winning the Big Ten West is what I want to know. That thing is in the plus 1,000 range. Whew. That's going to be tempting. So the three teams that I think that can win the Big Ten West are Nebraska, Minnesota, and Purdue, as well as, of course, Iowa and Wisconsin. You're just not going to get great odds on Iowa and Wisconsin. So we're going to be looking at that when that market comes up. Stay tuned to this podcast. We're going to give you at least one of them that we bet. All right. Going to go a little bit more rapid fire here. Maryland, 83% returning on offense, 61% on defense. Recruiting just, you know, 47th and 19th, 31st and 20, but amazing 18th and 21. 0.42 net yards per play. Mike Lotsley's back. If you remember, their quarterback in Tua's brother in Tally. Tongue of Viola. Come on, Tally. The guy said you had the security system in your memory banks. Hey, it's been a long time. You just have no long-term memory because you get high all the time. Don't preach to me, fatso. I can preach to you all I want because you're stupid. You're stupid. Yeah, you're a towel. You're a towel. Jacob Copeland is a transfer coming in at wide receiver. Coming from the Gators, 41 catches, 642 yards. That's good. For Towley, Dungay Demas, back at wide receiver. You got Shalin Famato at running back. Colby McDonald at running back. And a new tight end in Corey Dykes. They are 7-6 last year. All right. Made their bowl game and beat Virginia Tech. A decimated Virginia Tech, but still. Only five and eight against the spread. Everyone was all over Maryland after the way they started last year and got burned. Their 2021 strength schedule is 28. The Vegas win total six. My number six. Favored in six games. I mean, it's so hard to talk about big East teams that are not Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and probably Michigan State. Because they always have a hard schedule, and they're going to get Wisconsin and Purdue. What I will say is this team is going to score some dang points. Bet the over, bet the over, bet the over. But I'm only having them at 4.5 points better than the average team. Purdue was 9. They're 4.5, so there's a big step between them. 
The next team I have is Illinois. Last year was minus 3.5 points worse than the average team. So we're getting into the negatives now. 51% returning on offense, 51% on defense. 2018 was 58th in recruiting. 2019 was 51st. 2020 was 47th. Negative 0.23 net yards per play. Positive 0.4 in the turnover margin. Brett Bielema is back. His honeymoon is over. But what's good about this team is they're going to have Tommy DeVito or Arthur Sikowski as quarterback. Tommy DeVito coming in from Syracuse. Sikowski from Rutgers. I'm guessing it's going to be Tommy DeVito winning that job. DeVito is better than what Syracuse had around him last year. So that's going to be an upgrade, in my opinion. They have new receivers in Isaiah Williams and Casey Washington. Um, running back will be Chase Brown again. Backup running back Josh McCurry and Luke Ford's back at tight end. This team actually won five games last year. Pleasantly surprised with what Illinois did. And I'm glad I stayed away from their underseason win total. I would have lost. Against the spread, they were 7-4-1. Remember that Minnesota win? Crazy. Strength schedule was 34th. Their strength schedule this year is medium. Their Vegas win total is 4.5, and my number is 4.5. I think they win four games. Or sorry, 4.5 games. They get to avoid Ohio State and Penn State, which is really nice. But it's still Brett Bielema, and it's still Illinois. Um. They did surprise me a little bit last year. That's all I'm going to say. But they're better than the three other Big Ten teams that I haven't covered yet. So I guess that's saying something for them because Rutgers is next. Their power rated number last year was minus three. They returned 74% on offense, 61% on defense. I mean, recruiting, you're looking in the 60s. And then in 2020, they had 39th, negative 1.41 net yards per play, positive on the turnover margin, 0.2. It's Greg Schiano. Um, it looks like their quarterback's going to be Gavin Winsett. They got a transfer in wide receiver in Taj Harris. Aaron Cruikshank is back at wide receiver. Very thin, very fast, though. Isaiah Pacheco is going to be their running back again. And Kyle Monigal. Johnny Langan is going to be their tight end. They were five and eight last year, six and seven against the spread. 31 was where their strength of schedule ranks on Saccharin. Their schedule this year is very hard. Um, their season win total is four. My number is 3.5, favored in only two games. So they have to play at Minnesota. And they obviously have the East, and they also have Iowa. They avoid Wisconsin at least. Their special players are really Aaron Crookshank and probably Tommy DeVito, right? So uh, put put him up. But uh, really nobody special on defense that I know of. No, no big losses. I just, I just don't like them contending again. I think it sucks that Shiano went to such a hard division. I think he's a little bit better of a coach than this. They're a gift at a bowl game thanks to COVID, but they got their butts handed to them by Wake Forest last year. Noah Vidrell is actually back to quarterback Rutgers, but he's looked at as being worse than the new guy coming in and Gavin Winsett, the freshman. So I'm having Gavin as starting quarterback right now, or if he's not, he probably will soon be in the regular season. No play for me on Rutgers being that. I'm right under the season win total at four. It's four juice the under. Next team is Indiana. They were minus two uh, power rated last year. 
They only returned three starters on offense, 64% returning production on defense. The recruiting was 37th in 2019, 57th in 2020, 54th in 2021. That's not going to cut it right there for a team not returning anybody, minus 1.38 net yards per play. Uh, turnover margin was terrible at minus 1.3. Tom Allen is back. Tom Allen has a new offensive coordinator coming in in Walt Bell. Don't know what that means yet. Their quarterback's going to be either Connor Bazilek. He's transferring in from Missouri, or maybe Jack Tuttle wins it. Michael Penix is actually transferring to Washington. Their last uh, quarterback last year, I believe, was a grad transfer. Wide receivers will be new in Emory Simmons and DJ Matthews. They had some experience, but they weren't starters. They have some running backs transferring in and Sean Shivers and Josh Henderson. Sean Shivers from Auburn, Josh Henderson from North Carolina. Their tight end is going to be A.J. Barner, which I don't know much about. They were 2-10 last year and 2-10 against the spread. If you bet on Indiana, you got smoked. If you faded Indiana, you were great, but... Here's one thing that they have going for them this year. They had the number one strength of schedule in all of football last year. Number one. Their Vegas win total is four. My number is 3.5. They're going to be favored in three games. I'll call their schedule medium hard. They do avoid Wisconsin and Iowa, but they're at Nebraska. They get Purdue at home for the last game, that in-state rivalry game. But they still have to play at Cincinnati. They get Western Kentucky again. Western Kentucky was a pretty good team last year. They actually beat Western Kentucky last year, if you remember. And the reason their schedule was the hardest last year is because they're in the Big Ten East and they played at Cincinnati, or sorry, at home against Cincinnati. They actually played them really well, only lost by, well, they were in the game for a while, but they lost by 14. Cincinnati was a playoff team, if you remember last year. So there you go. Special players, really none that I know of. They lost Michael Penix. And they lost Micah McFadden. It's so funny how this team was like really good for a while, but a lot of that was smoke and mirrors and, and good turnovers, poor officiating in that COVID year. They got crushed last year. And yes, they had the hardest schedule in football, but they, it just feels like it's going to be another rebuild because they only returned three starters on offense. You know, it's like, they don't have anything going for them that I know of. You know, they're the kind of team that's not going to live off their recruits. They're going to live off their players getting experience. So I have them at minus 4.5 points, worse than the average team. And the worst team, believe it or not, is Northwestern coming in this year. Minus eight last year in my power rating, 65% they return on offense, 65% on defense. 51st in recruiting in 2019, 47th in 2020, 50th in 2021. They're a massive minus 1.48 yards per play. Awful. Turnover margin minus 0.5. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald was looked at as a very good coach until his 3-9 and nine season last year. I mean, their quarterback's still going to be either Ryan Helinski or Brendan Sullivan. Not sure. They're going to return Malik Washington. Iowa receiver Bryce 
Kurtz is going to be another wide receiver. Evan Hull actually did pretty good last year at running back. Cam Porter got injured, I believe, and he's back at running back. Charlie Mangieri is a tight end. Three and nine last year, three and nine against the spread. Their schedule wasn't even that bad, ranked 42. And now they're going to have a very hard schedule. Their number is four in Vegas. My number is four. They're going to be favored in four games. And those four games are going to be against Duke, Southern Illinois, Miami of Ohio, all home games, super easy non-conference there, and probably the last game against uh, Illinois. But otherwise, this team's got to go at Penn State, against Ohio State, at Iowa, at Minnesota, at Purdue, home against Wisconsin. It's a brutal schedule again for Northwestern. I don't even know how I really got them up to... uh, well, I'll tell you the non-conference, I guess, gets them up to four wins. So they could seriously drop one to Southern Illinois or something, or Miami, Ohio. Probably not Southern Illinois, Miami, Ohio. But you know the, the Salukis there, when they come and play, they're going to really want to beat Northwestern that first game. But I got to tell you, this is not a good team for Pat Fitzgerald this year. So unfortunately, I have them at my worst team at minus 6.5 points, worse than the average team. This is going to change, obviously, when the season starts. You know, maybe Rutgers is the worst team. Maybe it's Indiana. Hell, maybe it's Illinois. But uh, right now, I can only kind of go from what I had last year. Northwestern last year lost their last five games in a row. They lost their last three games by double digits. 18 points was their closest one against Purdue. Okay? Just absolutely terrible. Then they... Somehow kept up with Iowa, and you know, Iowa was overrated. They only lost by five at home. But then before that, they lost to Minnesota at home by like 26 or some, so 27 points. Yeah, they were a very bad team last year, keeping them at the worst, at least for right now. So there you have it. There's our Big Ten early preview for you. Sorry if I made any mistakes in pronunciations or anything that I might have missed. But right now, I really haven't made a Big Ten play except for Ohio State to win the national championship at plus 600. What I will say is I'm going to do some more research for the Big Ten West. I think there's going to be some value on either Nebraska, Minnesota, or Purdue, if not all three of them. So we'll see where the divisional odds come up. But as of right now, I am going to just uh, stand off. And this is probably the first year I really didn't have a season win total bet because the numbers came out so close to mine. It's like the odds makers did a good job. I guess there's a lot more books out there, so they're going to do a good job in many cases. I'm going to have to dig a little deeper if I'm going to try to find value in the season win totals. Maybe I'll find a play or two after some of these lines move. If you have any questions about the Big Ten, I'd love to hear them. Please feel free to tweet us at the Ozdrakers. Tweet me at OBKiev. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week, and go get some winners.